Here's the million dollar question. How do men like us reach our full potential and grow into the men we dream of being while taking care of our responsibilities, working, being good husbands, fathers, and still take care of ourselves? That's the question. This podcast will help you with those answers. My name is Brent and welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. Welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for all things man, husband, and father. And on today's show, we're talking about the need to compete with yourself to grow. I'm thrilled to welcome my friend and regular collaborator, Dave, common man OCR McCarter for this conversation. Dave, welcome back to the podcast, man. Come on, brother. Missed you. It's good to see you. Welcome home. Thank you. Dave just got back from a major trip. Two Spartan races at a DECA Strong event in Phoenix, Arizona, which I decided to drive to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did never drove that far in my entire life. And wow, I have mass respect for people who have driven across country because dang, I got uh, uh, that was a long way. <laughs> I, I've driven across the country more times than I want to remember, actually. Yeah. I just, I'm going to fly for now, just fly forever, just rent a car and call you, it. Good. You've said that before. Yeah. After I know. trips. And then I still drive. <laughs> but Dave, I, I appreciate you. Dave, in his absolute kindness agreed to do this show like three hours ago or four hours yeah ago. what is it with you and guests and you're like yeah i'm gonna go ahead and schedule you for my podcast and then he calls me up i need you here in like two hours but <laughs> that, that's the cost of uh, being a guest as a friend as opposed to just random people i get for the show well you know there's that but <laughs> now you guys are familiar with dave and his work at common man ocr Links will be in the description as always. Uh, Dave is an IT worker like myself. He's actually my mentor IT. Got me started in IT field. And uh, we kind of feed off each other and trying to pursue our health goals. Both of us are trying to reclaim our health in our own ways. Dave's gotten seriously involved in Spartan. If you're watching the video, you can see all the swag. And yeah, he's, <laughs> he's gotten seriously deeper into That was really loud. Sorry. He's gotten seriously <laughs> deeper into the OCR world than I even did. And uh, we both love the gym. And we both believe that you need to compete with yourself. Now, when it, when I pinged you about this, you are like all in. Uh, yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll start and, and get into this, guys. Now, in the last 10 years, it seems the society, we've started discouraging competition in any way that seems quote-unquote aggressive. And if you're listening, guys, I'm using the air quotes because I... I really hate this crap. Um, wh- why do you think that is? It's almost like the demasculization. I'm not sure that's a real word. The demasculization of men. You know, we should be in touch with our feminine side. We should be a less aggressive and more touchy feely and and more um, more feelings based rather than aggressive based. More, um, I guess, is the best way I can put it. And it's it's, it's kind of sad because you know. That's kind of how we, I mean, it's heck, it's how we met and bonded and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, wrestling matches and so forth. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not, yeah, I think it's more likely because, you know, they want men to be shadows of themselves, demasculated. It, it's funny, right? Because we celebrate uh, competition at the highest levels. I mean, so right now, um, it's uh, the beginning of March. And so we're we're not far past uh, Super Bowl. That's true, right? We're not very far past that. It's March Madness. Yeah. If you're into those sports, um, the Olympics are they still going? Or are they just no, they're, ra- are they wrapped up? So the Olympics just wrapped up, and right now the Arnold Sports Festival kicked off today. Oh yeah, and you so think me about that. I didn't get a chance to watch it. Yeah, the second. It, so not everybody understands this about the Arnold Sports Festival. It's actually the largest sports festival in the world. So what's done, um, what's done with the Arnold? I don't. Well, that that's the thing. There's over 200 sports competed during the Arnold. Okay. The Judo World Championships happen at the Arnold. So it's it's a comp- okay. Um, <laughs> the fencing World Championships are national championships. One of the two. Don't you'll have to fact check me on that, guys. Happen during the Arnold. So it's not just a lifting competition. No, no. So like it's it's one of the premier events for bodybuilding for bodybuilding and all variations of strength sports, bodybuilding, physique, men's and women's. Um, it's the second largest event, I think, for CrossFit in the United States. Besides, besides CrossFit Games. Besides the actual CrossFit Games, the 
CrossFit competition at the Arnold is, I think, the second largest CrossFit venue. So. I'm not a CrossFitter, guys. You'd have to correct me on that, but I think that's correct. So what I hear you saying, we're missing OCR in the Arnold. Spartan. No, Spartan. Spartan runs there. an event during the Arnold. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, hmm. they started a year or two ago. Wow. And so there's actually... Good job, Joe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Joe's running Spartan events during the Arnold, or at least they have in previous years. I don't yeah. know about this year. Or somebody's running, and probably not Joe. But. Um, in the world of Strongman, which is one of my favorite sports to watch... Uh, there's, there's, you know, on, there's smaller events and then there's three or four really large and it's world's strongest man and the Arnold strongman are like the two there, there are Arnold strongman competitions as they move. Cause they have like Arnold strong, the Arnold sports festival, Australia and Europe, both it's international. So some options. Um, but then they have like, you know, Europe's strongest man. United States Strongest Man, Canada's Strongest Man, blah, blah, blah. But like the Arnold and the World's Strongest Man are like the two big Strongman events, right? And there are a bunch of other smaller events, and I don't know them all. I, I think there's some big boxing and stuff that goes on. So but what he says we need to go there one of these years. Yeah. Oh, oh man. It's a massive event. Uh, I was I was enjoying watching the opening two events for the Strongman competition they did. For the first time that any of the Strongman competing knew – of or could think of, they actually had squat for max weight. Wow. They, they've had squat for refs before yeah. at a strongman event. But not for max weight. But none of them who are competing have ever been in an event where they actually had it for max weight. It's so cool to watch the bars do this. <laughs> oh, yo. Shout out to Canada. Your boy is representing hard, dude. Uh, it's the maple, It's got to be the maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's there. I want to It's Jay. Are I think, um, I didn't watch it. It's just the the dude's been a big competitor for a long time, but the dude is an animal. What did he, he get for put up? He hit nine sixty six, like it was one thirty five. Holy cats! To win the first event, he just did one rep. Yeah. Wow. Well, that was his opening was over nine hundred pounds. The way they run it, it's just like the elephant uh, bar deadlift, and it's. Once they put weight on the bar, they get three attempts. Once they put weight on the bar, it doesn't come out. So it doesn't necessarily go like everybody gets their first attempt, then their right. second attempt. If your second attempt comes before the weight for someone's first attempt, then you do two before. So like Martin Lisi's and um, man, I just went blank on his name. I know him too. I've watched him for years. But the Canadian champion both opened over 900 pounds. Wow. On their squat. Well, props to you, Canada. Yeah, so <laughs> well done. You, you guys are doing something awesome. He's he's, he's an animal. Be proud. Yeah, to be the maple syrup. But, like, it wasn't <laughs> even a struggle, dude. Wow. Like, 966, he hit it like I would hit 135. It was, like, in place. They had a mono lift. They swung the hooks out of the way. Yeah. He was, like, bam, up, down, done. If you blink, you missed it. It was, like, <gasps> some, some of the guys who do commentary have been, are, like, you know, OGs of strongman. Right. Magnus was like, oh. well, if Magnus for Magnuson is like that, then you know there's something up. <laughs> um, half Thor Bjornsson was there watching, he wasn't competing, yeah, but he was like, dude. <laughs> so, here I have my, my 400 pounds, almost 400 pounds going goals. <laughs> and I know you squat more than I do, so it's like goals, <laughs> but you know, we 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 glorify athletes who compete at the highest level. But outside of that organized competition, we tend to like minimize any kind of competitive nature in men that isn't in some kind of specialized organized sport, right? They've taken dodge bar out because it's too aggressive in schools. They discourage. Wait, 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 wait. Say that again. What? Oh, the <laughs> most schools don't do dodgeball anymore. It's, huh? it's too aggressive. Yeah, that's the <laughs> what? <laughs> most schools don't allow you to play tag anymore. It's too aggressive. Yeah. What about touch football? Maybe. I don't know about your touch football. Mine always ended up in touching the ground football. Well, yeah. That's part of what he, like it wasn't it was it was touch, but it been turned into tackle. But I, I'm forty two. I'm I'm forty two, so you're older than forty, but touch touch football in our school translated to hey, I touched him as he went down. Yeah. I pushed him to the ground, but hey, I touched him. So I, I might have taken him down as I touched him, but I did in fact touch him. My hands were on his back as I tackled him. So wait, we played flag football too. Oh yeah, 
with the flags off, then you knock him on the ground. Hey, I got the flag. Yeah. He's on the ground. After he hit the ground. He's on the ground bleeding, but you know, whatever. But more than more than once I just slammed somebody and then bent down and yanked the flag out of their belt. <laughs> but hey, you know, guys, rough and tumble. We do So do do you think that men are too competitive sometimes? Pardon me. Uh we can be. We can be competitive with each other. We can be competitive against ourselves uh, too much sometimes to where it's a detriment. So, so there is a line. There can be a line. There, it, it's there is a line. We tend to cross it sometimes. I know, like when I was a kid, my my friend Chris and I, um, and Pipkin, if you're watching this, shout out to you, buddy. Um, the we would get into these wrestling matches that were just knockdown, drag out fights by the end of it. He'd always win. He was always smaller than me, but he was stronger than me. And I would get so hacked off because the dude was pinning me and pinning me. And, and I would get back, come on, go again, let's go. And um, it didn't matter. The, the dude would beat me every time except for maybe once. And um, I, I would try to cross that line of trying to be too competitive to where, it, you know, I'm just hurting myself at this point. Chris would just sit there and go, you want to go again? Oh, man, I'm fine. 20 times is enough. I'm good. <laughs> I, I think there might be, uh, I don't know, I, I think there might be a little unhealthy competition. I mean, we, we all know that guy that, right, it's like fish stories. Oh, yeah. I, I'm a crappy fisherman, but, you know, it's like fish stories, right? The, the it old was chicken, actually this long. It, it was this. I caught a fish this big. This big. And every time you tell it, right, it's bigger. Uh fish was this long and this big around. It was actually that long and that big around, but you know, whatever. I mean, that's, that's why I guess there's so many, uh, just meme worthy jokes about measuring competitions between guys. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. No, just, just. (laughs) right. We no. I mean, it's just, it's that un there, there is an extent of unhealthy competition, right? But it's that way with guys, guys and gals. We all compete with with each other. Maybe not so much pronouncing girls, but no, it's, it's different too. So I, Um, you, you and I both worked with teens for umpteen years sure. and I, I always get a kick out of people who still have these illusions that girls are cleaner and nicer no. and less competitive, no. man. It's just, it's just really different. It's different, but i tell you what, I know plenty of girls and the, the, the teenagers, girls that have been in my our youth group before, you know, a shout out to you guys, because some of y'all could whoop the tail on some of these guys. I'm telling you, um, some of the competitions I've seen girls step up and go, no, we're going to compete with you. And we're going to obliterate you. And they just obliterate them. So girls are definitely competitive. They are definitely as competitive or more so than, than men are. But yes, it is different. It can yeah, be a lot different. It, it seems to be very different issues that they get competitive on. It is funny to watch a girl tackle a boy in football, though, because that <laughs> is, is epic. It's like, dude, she took you down. <laughs> it, it is absolutely, uh, absolutely rewarding to to see a, a young woman just. Uh, oh yeah, put a guy in his place, especially sometimes. when the guy's a snot. Like I'm all that in a bag of chips, and you're like, Haha, not anymore. <laughs> so, I, I've I've had the pleasure of training with some some women who are just like, man, you are you are awesome. Just mm-hmm. I'm just like bow down. <laughs> I was watching this girl do, uh, what was it, <sighs> cleans. She was oh, doing yeah. power cleans in the gym. Mm-hmm. like, and, and it was obvious that she had trained in, like, been trained some in Olympic-style lifting. But, I mean, it was I, – I was having problems because I was trying not to stare, right? And I'm not trying to creep out on her. She was an attractive woman. But, like, her form on the clean was so perfect. Yeah. Like yeah. – I, I just I, I was like seriously just envious because you know I've never trained officially on Olympic lifts and I can do a clean it's, it's not pretty guys it's, it's really not oh you think that's bad try watching me do it <laughs> but oh, I mean it was like art she oh, yeah. was so on point with her power cleans it was like I I asked her I was like I'm I'm so sorry I'm not trying to like creep on you have you actually trained Olympic lifting she's like oh yeah I'm on the I'm on my college team. She said, "Why? Why? Why do you ask?" I said, "Your, your, your clean is so on point. It's so perfect." Uh, she's like, "Wow, thank you." There's been a couple ladies in my gym. Um, shout outs to Kelly and to Brittany. Uh, both. Um, they. Uh, I've actually had to tell them, 
I'm sorry for staring. I don't mean to stare, but that lift was so perfect. I couldn't help myself. And if, could you show me how to do that? And they're like, well, yeah, no problem. Yeah. It's, it's really not, you know, I, I know those guys and they pissed me off at the gym that sit there and like, look, I'll show you how to do it. I am on a junior. Uh, you got, you got those guys. And the, then you got the guys who are just like creeping on, on girls who are wearing skimpier outfits or whatever, or, or attractive. And, and it's just like, no. And then I find myself staring at some girl and it's like, it got nothing to do with the fact of how she looks. Half the time my wife is sitting there with me because Sarah trains with me a lot. Um, but I'm, I'm just sitting there looking like we, we have this young, young woman, at our gym who I, she moves weight. Wow. She, she is maybe five foot petite little thing, but sister lifts. Uh, it's, and it's it's all clean and perfect form, and it's like, man, you are a badass. Can I be like you when I grow up? <laughs> but I, I women definitely get competitive. I just, I I will admit. So you guys are hearing this. We're, we're admitting men can get over competitive. Yes. Okay. We we absolutely can. There are things that we we know everything that's not have to be a competition. Now that acknowledge. <laughs> <laughs> that acknowledged life is a whole lot more fun when it is a competition sometimes well we need we need the competitive the competitive spirit too i think so so i, I was reading a 2010 study okay. earlier today right and the study was done that revealed men were twice as likely to take a job that was largely based on individual performance as women whereas women were more likely to take a team-based performance kind of job uh as, as a whole where it's, you know, pay rates and stuff are reward on a team basis and how the team performs as opposed to where men are twice as likely to go into something like sales right. where it's all on you. Well, what do you think of that? Sometimes I think we tend to be so over competitive that the team, the team dynamic is a little bit lost on us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's hard for us to work with a team because we're so and I'm, of course, we're speaking from, you know, the postmodern American, you know, experience. But I think that sometimes it is, we're so used to taking it on ourselves. We're so used to being in competition with others that, well, I got to do this on myself. I have to do this all by myself. And I, I can't accept help from anybody else. Whereas a lady's more like, yeah, I'll take your help. Sure. Great. Let's go. Um, we do fit into teams. I mean, you and I work together on multiple projects a year. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there are those times where it's like we got to stop each other and go, dude, do you need help? Let me help you now. And girls, ladies, women don't, my experience, don't tend to have that dynamic so much. They tend to ask for the help, ask for the assistance before we ever do. That's been my experience. I, I think a lot of men feel... Excuse me. Um, I think a lot of men feel like it's almost a sign of weakness. We've been yeah. we've been told we have to do it on our own. Yeah, that's that we're men are very performance based. Um, I, I saw a meme a while back that said uh, only children and puppies are loved for who they are. <laughs> Everybody else is loved by what they achieve. Yeah, well, that's that's yeah, that's probably true. Um, and then I saw another variation that's a good point. only women, children, and puppies are loved for just existing and being themselves. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Men are largely judged in society and have been forever. You know, I, I heard someone arguing masculinity. I actually heard an incredible argument um, on the definition of manhood and masculinity between trans men and a group of conservative males the other day. It was, it was a really interesting, like 40 minute uh, event. And it was, it was actually very respectfully done. I was actually, oh, I was like, bravo on the facilitator. That was well done. No one died. It was good. You know, uh, no one jumped over the banister, but they were talking but... about uh, the idea of male privilege. And one of the conservative men pointed out, yes, there are some things that by nature, like we are safe. We are less likely to be targeted because we are male. True. But there also comes a lot of drawbacks with being a man. Like more is expected of us. All of our value is based on performance based. What we provide, what we can provide, uh, what we can make, achieve, what we can do, right? et cetera. Um, and uh, actually they all agreed upon that, which, which was impressive because a lot of the trans men, uh, 
said, yeah, that's, that's something that we have learned as we've, you know, transitioned to men, mm. uh, is yeah, there's, there's a lot of our value that is now solely based on what we can do and achieve. And, yeah. um, so guys, we're, we're there, this is going to place. All right. It sounds like we're bagging on the whole idea of competitiveness, but it's really not. It's taking us to a place. I promise. We're definitely competitive. Let me tell you that. <laughs> um, yeah, I know personally growing up, I actually preferred individual sports as opposed to team sports. I wasn't allowed to play sports when I was a kid. We were too po. Uh, <laughs> so. I, I was I was very blessed to be able to play uh, quite a few sports growing up. That's cool. And I played like I played soccer and softball. My junior high didn't let us play baseball because we might get hurt. Like, yeah, because no one ever got hit, hurt getting hit with a softball bat. Oh, right. gosh, no. <laughs> I did wrestle one year when I was in sixth grade. I got to wrestle. Mm-hmm. I lost both my matches. And Brad Hawkins, okay. if you listen to this, buddy, uh, the uh, Brad Hawkins, buddy of mine from, from high school, uh, now like a state representative here in Washington, a great guy. But uh, I remember looking at him on the in the, the wrestling mat, mm-hmm. looking at him, and suddenly I was looking at the back of his shoe. Like, he just, Boom. And then he was pinned me and done. I'm like, I suck at this. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I played I played flag football in junior high before we could play tackle. Oh, wow. Um, I played soccer. I played softball. I wrestled. Cool. Uh, and I was on swim and dive team. Yeah, I knew In high that. school. But I actually found I preferred individual sports. I, I didn't like team sports as much. Largely, it was due to my competitive nature. Yeah. Right? I'd rather bet everything on me and ride that train then take a loss because one of my teammates is having a rough game. Right. Is that a nice way to say that? One of my teammates sucked. So <laughs> one of my teammates lost the game. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I, I'd rather I from uh. from a very young age, I would rather roll the dice and own it on myself because I could take the fact that I failed and deal with that sure. as opposed to I lost because somebody else screwed up. Sure. Um, so I was very much into that. So I think that's transitioned into my life as an adult. Mm -hmm. I tend to go a lot of things alone because I'd rather lean on me than, and that is, that is a weak point on myself, guys. I will admit, I actually need to, that's one of the things I'm working on growing in is having better, more constructive relationships with other men and having that community kind of team support as opposed to leaning entirely on myself. Uh, so you took the song, lean on me. Tell a, <laughs> a little personally, did you? I did. I did. <laughs> lean on Brent. So, so let me ask you, do you feel compelled to compete with other men? Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. I compete with you all the time. <laughs> and it's, it's actually, it's funny because when we've raced together and when we started racing together, it was. I'm not, and this, and we've had this talk before. So we're gonna we're gonna open up the the, the hurt locker. Oh no, here. we're gonna get all emotional. Um, I was tissue our, warning, guys. Tissue warning. Okay, no, our first race together was Tough Mudder Whistler 2016. We're in Whistler, British Columbia, and I mean, we're talking. It's it's up a mountain. Whist- a, Whistler Olympic Park. Oh, that was a party, and uh, then I'm an idiot. Went back there a few years later for Spartan. Um, but. I was in my mind. I was competing against you the whole time because you could have walked through that course way faster than I did, and here I am, you know, much fatter, slower, not in any shape of any kind. And I'm like, I've got to catch up to him. Sorry, I've got to catch up to him. I've got to catch up. To him. What the heck am I doing? I've got to get up there. And it get to a point where you, I think he turned to me like, dude, we're just just. Do what you can. Don't worry about it. And uh, we got to that one point where it was right before Everest, and. I look at that like, you know, half mile up up the side of the mountain. Oh, the Olympic like, ski jump. That like false summited six times. And and that was like the – so I the point I got to was the American Tough Mudder where it was 10 miles. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'll see you guys at the finish line. <laughs> I'm out of here. You gave me a hug. said, dude, I'm proud of you. You did the best you could. And that's where I knew I wasn't in competition with anymore. That whole race, I'm just like, I've got to get up to Brent. I've got to get up to Brent. What the heck? <laughs> and then I was so mad at myself because I just – couldn't do it. And what you've been doing it for what? A year or two longer than I had at that point? Uh, two races. Oh, two races longer. Okay. Yeah, and I, you're I, also better shape than I was at that point. <laughs> I, I did one Tough Mudder and one Spartan before that. I did okay. my first Spartan, my first Tough Mudder before you did that. Gotcha. But uh, you were, so you were already well-versed to doing this stuff before I was. But, but even then, I mean, we're, you know, you look at the guys in the gym sometimes and you'll see 
you'll either see a guy look at another dude going, dude, I need a little lift like that. Or you'll see um, like a group of guys, usually a group of younger guys mm-hmm. that are, come on, man, put some weight on that bar. Hey, man, is that all you're going to lift? Do the, do, and they'll, they'll actually lift to a point where it's unsafe, which is scary as heck. But you'll see that happen a lot. Me, when I lift with folks, I'm just like, yeah, I'll do what I can. I'll let, let, me, do what I do. let me back that train up, though. Go for it. Was that negative competition, though? No. Was competing with me on that mo- helping you stay forward? Yeah. Or was it negative? Well, if it was negative, it would have been something like, Dave, you suck. You're fat. You're stupid. Slow down and stop. Or go back to the car and, and, and wait for us. That would have been negative. Mm-hmm. It was more like, and you were positive, encouraging, you know, and I don't know if I've told you that before, but you were a positive, encouraging force the entire way. In fact, I wouldn't have the medals on my wall if I didn't know you. Um, and I wouldn't have stuck with all this OCR stuff if I didn't know you. Um, but it's like, you know, you- a bad influence. It's all his fault. Um, every time I do a race, I just call him up and say- <laughs> This is all your fault, Dylan. Um, but it was it was completely positive. Now I've had competitions with other men on the other side of the coin where you suck, you need to stop, you're a detriment, go back to the bench and sit down and be quiet. Yeah, it didn't happen with you guys. You were encouraging the whole step of the way. You remember we got out of the quagmire and it was a really thick mud and I lost a shoe and the shoe just stayed there and <clears throat> I fell to the ground and sat down, and you and Zeke came over and pulled my shoe out of the mud, and I couldn't bend to put my shoe on. You guys put my shoe on me for, on for me, and, and I'm like, "Thank you, I love you guys." It was a rough day, man. It was a very rough day. It was it, it was unseasonably cold. They were taking people off that course left and right in solar blankets for people getting hypothermia. Wasn't as bad as the super the Spartan Super Seattle 2018 though. No, not that was horrible. <laughs> but you know. But I mean, you. There was nothing wrong with where you. The point where you went off. You, a, it was your first event. We were already ten miles into an event that was all either uphill or downhill. Uh huh. And B, like there were a lot of people walking off the course because mm-hmm. ten miles into the event, they marched us up the side of the Olympic ski jump. How many times? All the way to the top summit? of the mountain, like four times. Yeah, it falls summited like four times. It was horrible. Um, like people were just walking off in droves because it was so bad. Oh yeah. I, in fact, the next year they changed it on the course and I you came that. down the side of it instead of going up it, which I'm not sure I'd want to do that anymore. That would um, still suck. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think there is a line where there is healthy competition between men yes. that encourages them. I know like uh, one, of, one of the oldest adages when it comes to like lifting weights, mm-hmm. whether you do power lifting or bodybuilding, it doesn't matter what it is, lifting it's lifting weights. the no ego lift? Yeah, no, that, that's my <laughs> rules for sure. <laughs> my too. Um, no, one of the oldest adages is if you're the strongest guy in the gym, you're screwed. Well, yeah, because lifting around people who lift heavier than you drives you to do more work harder. Is that like in the IT world where they say, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now guys, we're, we're getting into this and Hey, if you're watching the video, what do you think of my new flag here in the background? The fallible man flag. People say you got to play a flag. People say you got to plant a flag, and so I just decided to build my own and plant the flag. And this is full of. I've been asked so many times what the fallible man is about. These all these lines of words that you can see, guys, uh, and you can see this on my website if you're listening on the podcast, are basically just statements about what being the fallible man is. And all of anybody can be a fallible man. So that's. I think I'm going to go to the www.thefallibleman.com and buy one today. <laughs> and Shame that is my voiceover guy right there. <laughs> Guys, we're going to roll to the spon- today's sponsor, and we will be right back with more from Dave, Common Man OCR. Welcome back, guys. We're here today with at Common Man OCR, Dave McCarter, longtime friend and, uh, well, colleague on the show. Dave is one of our biggest supporters, whether you guys see him in front of the camera very often or not. He has actually contributed to the show a great deal and been a major supporter for me, and I appreciate that. No problem. Um, it's better to have you do these podcasts and comment OCR because I wouldn't know what to talk about. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, here's another podcast, and we're done. <laughs> and today we're talking about the need to compete with yourself to grow individually. Now, in the first half of the show, we got into some of the pros and cons of men being competitive, some of the facts that we can get overly competitive, but there are also positive ups and downs to both sides, being competitive, not being competitive enough. The second half of the show, we're really going to dig into why we believe that 
being competitive with yourself is actually not only beneficial, but crucial for men to grow and improve themselves. So before we dig into that, Dave, I got to ask you, what have you purchased in the last year under $100 that's had the most significant impact on your life? So you're talking since January? Uh, no, just just the last, last 12 year? months. Significant impact on my life. Physically, mentally, what are we just all up? All up, 100 bucks. Oh, boy. Less. Man. I don't know. I'm looking for things that have benefited your life. Other men may go, hey, well, that's a great idea. So this is going to sound stupid, but... I have had in my OCR career, if you want to call it that, um, my OCR endeavors, uh, I have had problems with shoes. Mm -hmm. And I have not worn the correct shoes because I have very wide feet. And um, this actually owes over 100 bucks. But you know how like we'd go on a Spartan race or something and I couldn't walk the next day? Yeah. yeah. My feet were just slammed. Oh, yeah. I actually, and I did this after Dallas, I bought a pair of, they're about 174 bucks. So that's it's a but, little over. That's a little over, but it's the best thing I can think of. But they were Ultra, A-L-T-R-A, -A uh, Olympus 4 shoes, and they're zero drop, but they have a padding on them about that thick. And they have been become the best race shoes I've ever owned, and they're wider. So when I when I put a foot in one of those uneven ground spots, mm -hmm. I don't like break my ankle. Well, see, see, we can roll that back to more applicable to everybody because not all of you guys do OCRs, well, sure. and we recognize that. And not everybody needs to do them. If that's not your thing. But quality footwear is actually one of the most underrated oh, yeah. things. I I know so many men. Shoes. I know, dude. I know so many men who have no idea how important their feet are. They wear the cheapest crap they can buy at Walmart or Payless and always like their backs hurt yep. and their feet hurt and they're always in a bad mood. You have no idea how important your footwear is. Take it, take a minute, go to a, like a place that sells footwear, like an outdoor shop, like uh Maybe your REIs, maybe some of your local stores like Roadrunner Footwear, that kind of thing. Here in Wenatchee, we've got performance footwear. And folks that can do like an analysis of your, of your feet, they'll do it for free. And you just do a, a walk and they look at your feet and they go, they recommend a shoe to you. Um, if that doesn't suit your fancy, you know, you can also sit on one of those machines at like Walmart, the Dr. Scholl's <laughs> machines that, uh, do, they look at the pressure parts of your foot and they say, here, you need this orthotic right. and, you know, get that the right, a lot of shoes, get the right footwear, even yeah. if it's a little more money. I, I have, I'm, I'm cheap. You know that <laughs> I, I'm, I'm stupidly cheap. On well, so am I, but not as cheap, but I mean, I'm becoming cheaper because I know you, <laughs> <laughs> that's not uh, a bad thing. Believe me, but. But one thing I, I don't I don't skimp on tires on my cars on my motorcycles. This is true, especially your motorcycle. Yeah, especially my motorcycle. I don't, <laughs> don't I don't skip do on tires. In fact, you're the one that told me which tires to buy last time I bought some. <laughs> and I don't skip on my footwear, guys. I've I've spent no. my whole life working on my feet. Um, the military impressed on me the value of quality footwear. Yeah, but you were wearing Bates combat boots. I mean, <laughs> no, I wasn't. Really? No. Oh wow. Good lord, no. That was one of the first things oh, I remember. You were lucky. Uh, no, I, I wasn't lucky. That was a paycheck. Uh, well, that works. Um, but that was one of the, I, I, in the training I was in, one of my sergeants looked at the shoes I was wearing one day because I was complaining because my feet hurt. He's like, are those the things they gave you in basic training? I was like, yeah. He's like, you, you got paid today. Go buy us. You fall out for PT Monday morning. Yeah. If that is on your feet, you will do pushups till I die. Oh, jeez. That was a good, that was a good leader right there. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's like, those, those will kill you. Oh yeah. We spent way too much time on our feet. We we ran a lot and did a lot of PT and a lot of. He said, "If if you're wearing those Monday at PT, you'll do push-ups till I die." Bates were just garbage shoes. Man. Oh my gosh! The, uh, we had a what is it? Uh, Basics. Okay, I think were the brand they were. The military was buying at the time. Yeah. But I mean, I, dude, I I had never bought like nice sneakers before, and my life would have been actually radically different if I had bought them before that point. Yeah. The damage was already done to my leg at that point. Oh, it cost me my career. Yeah. Um, but I had never known nice tennis shoes because we, we didn't have money growing up. You know, I was the poor kid. I had poor kid shoes, which ironically is now like $80 shoes. I, I love that con all stars came back around and became like popular and expensive. Yeah. Now they used to be cheap. What the hell? they They were what all those poor kids wore, wore growing up. Yeah. Cause they were like $10 a pair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and now you got guys, uh, spending hundreds, know, hundreds of, dollars. of dollars on a pair of leather 
all stars. Yeah, like, yeah, I can't even put my foot in it anymore. <laughs> but uh, I, I went and bought my first really nice pair of. I, I think they were either Adidas or Nike at the time. I think they were Adidas. Mm-hmm. And oh my my goodness, it, it, it was. I've never gone cheap on shoes since then. I've always bought high quality. I will buy ten dollar jeans, hundred dollar shoes. But yeah, I don't think I bought a pair of shoes that cost me under one hundred twenty dollars. That's what happened to me with the ultras when I was. I wore. I think I did one race in Dallas where I was wearing a pair of like New Balance, and I love New Balance too. Don't get me wrong, but like these New Balance like um, outdoor shoes. And by the time I got done with the race, my feet were just like this, and I could barely walk. And it was only a. a I think the first one I did was a sprint out there. And um, uh, then I got an ultra and my feet, just my, my toes started to do this. I'm like, wow, is this what a real shoe is supposed to feel like? Okay, how much are these? Uh, okay, here, take my money. <laughs> yeah, guys. Hey, if you take nothing else away from this podcast today, Get the right take this away. <laughs> Men, we live on our feet. Mm-hmm. And the right pair of shoes is the difference between you having a piss poor day and you having an amazing day. Oh, yeah. I, I kid you not. It will change your whole outlook. Invest invest in shoes. They are they are worthwhile. <laughs> we'll get back with the show. I, but I always try and ask because all of us find those different things that are really valuable. And to me, it's just a good idea to be able to share that. It's like, hey, you may not th- have thought of this, but this is a reasonably priced object that really impacted my life. And we're not talking things like I bought a new iPad or I bought a, you that's know, why, that's why I put a price range on it. Yeah. <laughs> all the all the good shoes are going to cost you more than hundred bucks. Well, probably. So. Do you believe, I mean, it's the title of this. Do you believe that men actually need competition? Yes. Why? Well, if we're not competing with something, either others or ourselves, we have no, we have no ability or no motivation to grow. Through adversity comes growth. Through struggle comes growth. Now, if it's struggle with yourself or a struggle with somebody else, that is still struggle. Now, we have a negative connotation with the word struggle, so let me just put that out there. But we need that competition to force us to be able to get out of our comfort zones and, as Joe DeSena would say, get off the couch and and get out there and and be better. Um, I had a guy recently uh, on my, my Instagram page or whatever you're supposed to call it now, um, my Instagram feed, uh, reach out to me and he's like, hey, I'm this health coach from the UK. I see you're a Spartan racer or whatever. And I'm like, uh, okay. And he started asking me just a boatload of questions. <clears throat> and he asked me what my my goal for the 2022 season was. And I said, be better than I was last season. And he's like, well, why is it important for you to be better? Because through adversity, through struggle comes growth. And if I don't have any struggle, if I don't have anything to be get better at, I'm not going to grow. And if you don't grow, you die, whether it's physically or mentally. That answer your question? Yeah, yeah. Excellent. In fact, I uh, I think I, I have a whole shirt on my website that talks about you know only dead things don't grow. You do actually. I've seen it. Yeah. And I still haven't bought it yet because because <laughs> you're cheap. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there is some common man OCR gear on his on the website at www.thefellowman.com. slash forward slash shop slash exactly what he said. <laughs> I'm gonna make shameless plugs all night long just for the gear. And that, that's fine. And, you know, that's that's why I sell you gear because you know we're oh, partnering yeah. up on this. Sure, thing. why not? So, <laughs> I appreciate it. Believe me. Uh, no, I, I think I think so. <coughs> if if we want to take an anthropological look at this, right? That's a big word, right? It is. That's I, really I'm proud of you. I'm using my fifty cent <laughs> word tonight. Um, if we want to take an anthropological look at this, okay? Now. I, I'm a Christian. I made that very clear on the show. Um, I don't, I, I think God created the world. That's my opinion. You don't have to agree with me. That's your business. No judgments on you, man. You do you. It's cool. But, but let's talk later. <laughs> let, let's talk reality. Okay. I don't think that God went, snapped his finger and this was us now. Okay. Um, the Bible doesn't say, right. And there is archeological evidence saying that, Men evolved. I do. Oh, believe, yeah. I do believe in ev- evolution because you can't but deny not, the fact that ev- micro evolution. Yeah, exists. not not, not right. the way that, that. Right. So I think men have ad- adapted because you can even see that in more recent anthropology. Sure. Anthropology. Now I can say evidence that in different parts of the world, people's skeletal systems and systems are slightly different to adapt to whether climate are even geographical issues, right? Uh, so I do believe in microevolution. Sure. 
right? The back revolution, I have a hard time. Right, I have a big problem with that. But I do. I, I mean, their termites coexist with a parasite that lives in their stomach that dissolves the wood. That's the only reason paras- termites can eat wood. Right. Without one, the That's parasite the can't live outside of the uh, body of the termite, right. and the termite can't eat wood without it. So, right, it evolved into the symbiotic relationship. Um, how that happened, I don't know. I don't speculate. But if you look at the fact that mankind has evolved, right? Even just going back in history, you don't even have to go that far. You can go back to the old West, right? Men had to hunt on a regular basis. This is true. Men who were more physically developed had more say over who their mates were going to be, uh, who they would have relate romantic relationships with, however you want to say that. That's changed. No. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm still the single guy. <laughs> it, it has. You will find a lot of uh, chicks these days are. Did you say chicks? Yeah, chicks. That that. See, I'm I'm letting my barbarian out. <laughs> After this, we're gonna eat raw meat. <laughs> I might, but <laughs> um, yes, I'm letting my misogynist out. Chicks. Sorry. I, I have two daughters. I call them chicks. It's cool. Don't it's, worry about it. It's all good. I'm, I'm sure I'm a misogynist at heart. I'm just messing with According you. to all the women out there. Yeah, you know. But, right, uh, you look, women are not actually like, modern women are not as drawn to really well physically developed men because they tend to see them as narcissistic True. and shallow and have their time consumed with other things other than women. And women want all your attention. That That I can say after being married for 20 plus years and- Having two, two daughters, <laughs> women want all of your attention. So men who spend a lot of time at the gym, actually women are intimidated by that. Also, it makes women go, well, if he keeps himself looking that way, then I'm expected to look as good, if not better. And I don't want to put that kind of effort into it. So it's actually like a lot of really messed guys who spend a lot of time in the gym don't. Whereas if you go back even a hundred years, there's a massive difference on uh, the romantic side of things. But as we've evolved, right, our roles have changed drastically. I, l- I listened to Brett Jones from the Warrior Man podcast uh, give a really good explanation on this. He said, post-World War II, right, men have been at war and in conflict for years by the end of World War II. And during that time, women had had to go to work in factories and take on traditional roles, traditionally masking roles at home, like fixing the house, taking care of the lawn, keeping up things that broke, right? Taking care of their own vehicles. Women had had to do that. And all of a sudden men came home wanting an end to conflict after years of conflict. And women didn't push back because they were just, hey, I've gotten into a routine. I developed this. And men went, okay. And there is this massive change actually at that generation of the role of men in the home. Whereas prior to that, World War II, men were still seen as the most common providers and the masculine leaders in the home. And men still had to be more, quote unquote, what people would call masculine, right? Uh, and that's that's rolled back as we've taken technological advances, right? That take care of a lot of those things. We don't have to go hunt anymore. People hunt for sport. They don't hunt to lot live. Well, it depends on where you live, but yeah. Well, even where you live anymore, uh, there are very few places. There's some places in the north of Alaska that you still have to hunt. <laughs> there, there are very few places in the civilized world where you can't just go to the supermarket. True. Um, we don't have that dependency. A lot of people still do to supplement it or because of income or whatever, but it's not as necessary. And so if you look at that, right, we've lost all the things that were really challenging us physically and mentally and competitively. And as that's declined, men still have this ultra competitive nature that pushes us to be better, right? right? Our competitive nature pushes us to grow, pushes us to be stronger, better, smarter, faster. And would would that be against somebody else or against ourselves? Right. And used to that was kind of pushed by life. And so it was good that we were competitive because life forced us to be that way anyways. Now, as life has gotten, quote unquote, easier in the modern centuries, we don't have that as much. But men still have that inherent need. True. And without 
feeding that drive. That's that's why I started doing OCRs. Same here. Um, I started doing OCRs. I did it because you thought it was a good idea for a rally that we were doing with teens. And then I got into it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, I got into it because like, I, was, I had transitioned from working construction to IT. And sitting in a cubicle and at a computer all day was killing me. Like just uh, spiritually. Like it was just crushing me. I, was, I felt like I was suffocating. I needed to get out and do something because I'd always been a very physical person. And so that gave me an outlet to start doing that. Not just the gym, but that gave me an outlet to compete against myself. I, I don't have the, uh, after injuring my leg, I can't run long distances or long periods of time. And I've, I'm not in that kind of shape, even if I could. But so I was never going to be competitive on the OCR field that way, but I could compete against me. And that's right? the same way I look at it. And that pushed me to continue to improve myself mm -hmm. outside of the gym, outside of work. It pushed me to strive to be better, more functional. It strive me to made me strive to be more flexible and more athletic. So one of the and maintain that ability. So one of the th so one of the things that I struggled with um, in the OCR circuit was something you'd helped me with and you taught me how to do was the Atlas Stone carry. And for those of you who've never seen an Atlas Stone, it's in the Spartan community. It's a hundred pound spherical stone. It's little. Yeah, I know, but shut up. Um, so if you're running the Stadium Series Spartan races, it's actually a hundred pound sandbag, which. Knuckles here has like six of them or some junk. Anyway, so I've always struggled with it because I could never, you know, bend down and pick it up and, you know, whatever. So Brant's like, okay, go ahead and roll it up. You know, get down on one knee, roll it up on this knee, flip it over here, adjust your grip, put it in front of you and stand up. Cool. So that's the way I started doing it. Now, fast forward through 2020, where a bunch of virtual races I did, which great idea, Spartan, Tough Mudder, Bone Frog, all you guys, awesome idea to keep us engaged. Um, and you're welcome to have my money too. But anyway, <laughs> so I uh, get toward to 2021 and my first Spartan race of the year. And I forgot where I was at, actually. No, it was actually the Beast. It was the Beast I had to do on with uh, the a couple of youth group kids. Seattle Beast, and I walk over to that thing, and I deadlift it, and I pick it up, and I put it on my shoulder, and I'm like, and I walk, do the walk with it, and the first thing I do is, Brent would be so proud of me. But it was that internal competition of I'm going to deadlift that thing. I'm going to pick that thing up. I'm going to throw it on my shoulder, and I'm going to I'm going to do the walk, and I'm going to put it back down. Problem was when I put it down, mm -hmm. I didn't put it in the hole it creates. And it rolled away. <laughs> so the other YouTube kid went and got it, put it back. But it was that, that, that struggle of, I'm going to get better at that. I'm going to target that obstacle now. I'm going to get better at that obstacle. And once I've got that one conquered, I'm going to go conquer another one that I haven't been able to do. My, my mission for 2022 is walls. I want over walls. <laughs> give, give me the mats. We'll build one. I know. i got to get you materials. I don't know where you're going to build it. Though. Anyway. <laughs> I'll find a place. I know. You will. My yard looks like a war zone and That's, a training ground. As long as things don't blow up, we're fine. <laughs> don't want to get those calls. But <laughs> um, and, and I had showed you how to pick up an Atlas stone that way. And you had told me, it's like, I can't do that. So we came up with the other mm -hmm. solution. But yeah, I, I would like to be at that race with you. Just I, you will, I will, you know what? We'll, we'll see if we can go on a Spartan sometime this year and, and you can see me do it. Because I just did it uh, twice in Phoenix. And I'm like, Brent would be so proud. <laughs> so so what do, you, what do we mean when we say compete with yourself do better than did do better than you did last time so for example um i'm going back to the spartan thing sorry i'm plugging spartan hard here the now <laughs> spartan.com anyway. he's wearing spartan gear i am i you know they got a lot of my money anyway i do have tough butter gear now too but um it was funny because these are the fastest sp sprints and supers i've ever ran mm -hmm. now you know the problem was hmm. there was no elevation gain there was like a hundred foot total of the entire race. I'm like, well, that's helpful. But it was great because I looked at the time going, oh, no, 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 that can't be right. It's like, oh, so happy. Um, wait, what was the question? <laughs> uh, but, the, but the whole idea, you know, to compete against yourself is just to have in your mind that I'm going to do better than I did last time. I'm going to try to do. You know, there's a lot of obstacles I still can't do. I suck at the rope climb. I'm the kid that in the sixth grade PE class who would sit in the corner crying because he couldn't get up the rope. Um, I'm still that kid for now. We'll get there. 
But yeah, I know how I taught a guy. I actually taught a guy at the Spartan Stadium Series in San Francisco how to climb the rope and do the J hook. He did it his first time. Mm-hmm. He looked at me and goes, Aren't you going to do it? I'm like, No, <laughs> I can't get up there yet. <laughs> he walked away. I walked away and he's got this confused look on his face like, But you just taught me how to do it. <laughs> I know in theory how it works, but in practice, it sucks. So walls this season, rope next season, and then the I can actually do the tire flip now. But then Yokohama pulled out of Spartan, so we don't, no more tire flip for a while. Well, you come over here and flip mine. Yeah, your nine hundred pound tires over there. Now I got like four different sizes. Yeah, I know. Whatever. <laughs> I, I have them all the way down to my seven year old. Come on. Oh, well, there's that. <laughs> if she's flipping a nine hundred pound tire, I quit life. No, no, <laughs> I just quit. No, that's Abby. No, I, I, not okay. seven year old. I officially quit. <laughs> Anyway, I, I took her to a rugged maniac with me. Yeah, not no, it wasn't no, maniac. Race. It was terrain race. Yeah, and they have a tire flip there, and they have a men's and a women's tire flip. Yeah, and uh, you know she was just old enough that she could go through with me yeah. and Jess, and we got over to the tire flip, and the guy's like, oh, you know, I, I reached down to like flip mines, and for me it was like a toy because. <laughs> You, you, what you guys can't see, so we're in my backyard. Um, over to the side, I have four different tires, if you're watching this on the video. And you can go back through my stuff. I actually have a family tire flip video where all four of us flip tires together. Because I have one for my little one, one for my older daughter, one for my wife, and one for me. A family that flips together stays together. Yeah, it was a Mother's Day event. Um, but So I, I have a range of weights of tires. and mine, Mine's massive compared to the other ones. And, uh, so th- this guy's like, well, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, I, I flipped the tire they have cause therefore the train pay- race was very entry level friendly. So for me, it was, it was, it was a toy, yeah. you know, um, pound tire, what? but my daughter who was eight at the time walked over and flipped the women's like it was nothing. <laughs> I wish I would have been there to see that. And that awesome. he's like. Like the guy, the volunteer was like, wait, wait, did she just, I was like, yeah, that's smaller than when she got a home. Oh, Lord, that's funny. He's like, can she do that again? Can I record that for train race? I was like, sure. Why not? Abby, flip it again. She's like, okay, dad. Walked over. He's like, wait, wait, let him get his camera out. She, <laughs> she looked confused. And I was like, okay, go ahead, baby. And she, I mean, she flipped it with no problem. Then she came over and flipped one of the guy's tires. Oh, that'll work. <laughs> Just for good measure, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of technique involved in tire flip, guys. Yeah, there is a lot more technique than strength, honestly. Yes, because if you don't do it right, you're gonna hurt a lot. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you that that's you're going year by year, or race by race, going. Okay, this is the obstacle. This is a problem. So this is what I'm working on this year, right? That is competing with yourself. I did better this time. I went faster this time. But it doesn't stop there, right? How about competing with yourself mentally? How about competing with yourself as a person? Um, This year, I read 10 books. So next year, I'm going to read 12 books, right? And and it's a growth opportunity. And we don't think about reading books as a competition, but... Get competitive with yourself. Every year, I, I try and read more books than I read the year before. I actually have a running list on my phone hmm. of the last two years, what books I read in the last two years. Wow. I, and every time I re, re, read a new title, whether it's for the show or for business or whatever, I, I write down that book. Well, I need to get on it then. I've read, I haven't read that many books in the last couple so years. So <laughs> I can see precisely what books I've read, what year I read them, and moreover, how many I read. Right, because I'm trying to read more because it's a way that's for me it's it's a good way to learn. Does that include your audiobooks? Um that does include my audiobooks. Excellent. That's one of the things I love about audiobooks. I don't feel so bad now. <laughs> no, no, I absolutely love audiobooks because having audiobooks actually lets me read multiple books at once. Yes. Because I have the audiobook I'm listening to when I go for walks mm-hmm. or when I'm in the car, and then I have the two or three actual like book books. Right. That I'm reading at a time. I actually did that with, I, um, I was reading the uh, 10 Rules of Resilience for Families by Joe DeSena and uh, Dr. Laura Pence. I bought it when I went down to Phoenix. Did, did you read my ebook on resilient, building resilience? Yes. 
I read the um, so I, I started listening to the audiobook. Links in the description. It will. It's be. free. Excellent. Um, and I read. I listened to the audiobook on the way down there. On the way back, I'm like, I don't want to buy another book. Just you know, listen to it again. So I read, I read the thing twice, and it was it was it was pretty good. No, there's so. there's absolutely nothing wrong with. I I love audiobooks. I wish I had found Audiobook Center. Obviously. Oh yeah. I didn't discover Audible. Like I had heard of it, but I never tried it or anything or an audiobook right. until uh, twenty twenty. Yeah. It's one of the things that came out of twenty twenty for me. And they are really I, popular in twenty twenty. I only wish that I had embraced the idea of audiobooks sooner, just because I could have read that many more books. Uh, I I absolutely love audiobooks. It's a little tough when you're like trying to learn like a, a skill sometimes or a. Uh, there are some some books can be done in audiobook form really well, and be. some that you know some you really need the book. See, learning C sharp programming with by audiobook. Yeah, like, it's not a good idea. It's not going to function. But <laughs> I mean, that, that's the thing, right? It's a competition with myself. Yeah. I have a running list on my phone. I know precisely how many books I read yet last year and the year before, and I'm tracking how many books I read this year because I look at that number. I'm like, I want to read more books. I want to read more because it challenges my brain to grow competing with myself. There isn't any way that, right. You, you and I both cook and I think all men should cook. Yes. I mean, let me just put that out there. All men should be able to cook. Yes. You can't take care of yourself and cook yourself healthy meals. I have videos for that, but he's halfway, he's halfway decent cook too. <laughs> okay. He's there, a really good cook. <laughs> there are those who say I can cook. But you, have, have you had your spaghetti sauce recently? I mean, cause, no, because I made it recently. You you need to because, dude. <laughs> I mean, I can't afford to make my spaghetti. Then sauce. I will forge you the cash. Okay, that, that's because you can make it for me. <laughs> I was going to say that that's well over a hundred bucks to make that sauce. Okay, no. Anyway, moving on. What? <laughs> <laughs> now, granted, I make enough sauce to feed like twenty people. So you told me we'll bottle it, we'll sell it at my gym. I, I jar it. Yeah, we'll bottle it, sell yeah. it at my gym. Be great. Anyway, move on. But. Uh, <laughs> No, I, you know, even, even when it comes to cooking, right? When I cook, I'm always trying to improve my cooking. Well, sure. And it, it's not like an active, like, I don't think of, man, I hope I fry this egg better. <laughs> right? But honestly, <laughs> when I'm like cooking, I'm grading myself on how well I fry an egg. I've been frying eggs since I was like nine years old. Yeah. I grew up in a Southern household. We fried everything. So. You fried Cheerios if you get away with it. <laughs> You did, didn't you? I don't like Cheerios. <laughs> okay, well, that works. <laughs> okay, apple cinnamon Cheerios. Oh, love. Um Fried apple cinnamon Cheerios. <laughs> that would be good. Oh, Sal, we're going to have to eat after this. Um, There'll be a recipe in the description. <laughs> All right, sorry. But, like, I actually, like, when I'm cooking fried eggs, like, when I'm frying eggs for my, for my food or for my daughters, sure. I'm looking, and I'm critiquing my own work as I go, right? I'm, man, I had the grease too hot on this one. Yeah. I, I flipped that too too late. It's, it's cooked too, you know. Um, there is nothing wrong. And I think it pushes you to be better. It is that competitive nature that gives you that edge, that encourages you to make more of your life, right? With every investment I make, I'm trying to learn something from every investment I make. I didn't have anybody teach me about finances and investing. It's something I've had to learn on my own. And so I'm still continuing to read books on investing and finances to grow my knowledge there. I'm also like very particular with my investments. And did I make a smart investment? Did I research this one well enough? Do did I did I do more due diligence on this, diligence on this than I did on my last one? Right? Yeah, I lose less money on this one than I did the last one. Right, yeah. So <laughs> I think I think we need competition because without it I think we become very complacent. Stagnant. Yeah, stagnant's a good word. I, I think uh, competition is what keeps men from becoming stagnant. So let's 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 put this into a really because we because as men we like things like concise, quick and dirty. You know, something we can live by. Through competition comes growth. Without growth, you die. I mean, that's. If you were to put all this whole thing into one sentence or to one idea, through competition, that's the struggle part, comes growth. Without growth, you die. Or you could also not put the negative spin on that and go, through growth, you live. You know, that works too. 
I see a t-shirt idea coming. <laughs> <laughs> you designed it. I'll just go with the slogans. <laughs> and, and on that great note, guys, because I don't think I could end it better than that. Um, Dave, thanks for joining us. Guys, at Common OCR, he's a man on a mission to just retake his health, and he'd love to have you join him on that mission. I'm Brent Dallin. I'm at the Fallible Man, pretty much everywhere you want to be. Guys, as always, be better tomorrow because of what you do today. We'll see you on the next one. This has been the Fallible Man Podcast. Your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.